Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab, the podcast that brings you inside the dental lab, beneath the surface, so you can basically just understand what goes on. My name is KJ Eichset. I'm the brand manager for New Art Dental Lab. And before we get started on a great episode, I just want to remind everyone that we are in the midst of our toy drive for Children's Hospital. We're collecting toys at New Art Dental Lab and also various other businesses in the greater Milwaukee area. You can send us a message on Instagram or send me an email at KJ at New Art Dental and we'll be able to help you out with a drop off or something like that. It's all going to a great cause. It's for the kids. But back to the show, we have Chris Miller on today, and we're very excited to talk to him because he's the manager of the model and dye department at Newart. So Chris, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually really unique because, um, you know, could, let's let's actually take it back. Could you just start off by telling everyone, like, what is model and dye from, like, a top-down level and, and why it's important? Uh, okay. Okay. Um. Well, model and die is the department that receives all the impressions. Yep. And uh, what we have to do by the end of the night is we have to produce a model and a die that can go on to the next department, which would be like the scanning department. And they're going to produce, they're going to uh, scan the models in, in the scanners and stuff, and they're going to start producing their uh, crowns. Okay. So, so basically, um, in new art, our model and die department actually works. It's uh, it's two p.m. to ten p.m. Is that correct? Yeah, or? we uh, we what we do is um, because the company decided they want to get all the impressions that come in from the doctors, they wanted to produce the models on the same day. Yep. So that we're not losing a day on the schedule for the actual model production. So uh, any impressions that come in the model and die, they're getting produced that night, and. Uh, so in the morning when they come in, they already have a model, a dye, anything extra the doctor's requesting on the RX. And also we already we kind of already went through and found the bite and stuff. So if there's any issue with like bites or margin clarity, uh, Newark can already respond to the doctor the next day and we can get those issues resolved, which is really, really nice rather than all impressions coming in and, and paying a whole extra day for a model production. Yeah, it sounds to me, <clears throat> excuse me, it sounds to me like it's basically just uh, something that speeds up and optimizes the whole process. Like, yeah. but back where they used to do it is you guys would almost uh, lose a day. And, yeah, and now by shifting just that department, just one department, the model and die department, instead of uh, first shift, you guys are second shift? Yeah, second shift. Um, you know, it allows us to save a day. So that's kind of like a really, really, really interesting tip for any other labs listening out there. If you're full service and you have a model and die department, maybe experiment having them go to second shift because that way you can already have uh, that day's basically cases ready to go for the next day. And plus all the issues the cases might might happen from the get ahead of those We're already ahead of them uh challenges would be definitely uh finding people that want to work second shift it's, yeah it's always always harder because yeah. basically you're working different hours than family members and and stuff like that and friends yeah. so that that's tough too but uh I, I definitely when we first started doing it saw the benefit to the lab and 
it just didn't look back ever since. It's been like seven years, I think, we've been doing this already. Yeah. It's been a while. Well, and I think you may have mentioned that you guys originally switched back and you were just kind of, it was less efficient, so that was kind of making everyone want to go back to the more efficient because you yeah. just feel good about a good day's work, you know, if you're efficient about it. And, um, it actually seems like, uh, you know, once again to the labs listening, give it a try. Like, you never know who might be receptive to that later start time. You know, maybe there's someone who's not a morning person and maybe they want to start later. So I know for new art, it worked out pretty smooth from what I've gathered. Um, But it might not be the case with everywhere, as as Chris just mentioned. But it's worth a shot. Uh, It's for the good of the lab. So I think that's the main uh, one main tidbit. Chris, how long have you been working in the lab, man? I, I know you got a, quite the story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Uh, I guess uh, my story and the story of how I became a manager is kind of one story. But uh, I think it's going on 30 years now. Isn't that crazy, listeners? I, we have so much experience here. Yeah, when, I, when I think about it, it just kind of blows my mind how fast life went, you know. But uh, when, you, when you stay busy just goes goes really quickly but uh yeah as a being a dental technician it's like when I, when I was young you know growing up in the uh, in the late 70s early 80s I absolutely loved Star Wars like like just absolutely loved it that's one of the things we bonded over when yeah, I, first started. And I, I remember uh, uh seeing the uh the trading cards that came out and uh on the later series of the trading cards they would show the making of star wars people building the models Hmm. people doing the mass doing the makeup i remember seeing those trading cards and like wow that's what i want to do for a living i want to work on movies it's like i was so freaked out by it i remember actually even getting a a book from the library at school the making of star wars and i always check it out because i was like oh my god it's so amazing it's one of the most iconic series of all time people are like people would get paid to make Star Wars. And I remember being a little kid and playing with the action figures and stuff and making scenes from the movie and like, people can get paid for this? And I just absolutely loved collecting Star Wars figures and loved Star Wars so much. And I still have a pretty good Star Wars collection to this day. You have some at your desk. Yeah, I like, <laughs> definitely like Star Wars still. So that was like what I thought I was going to do. Yeah, that was like the inspiration almost. Yeah, I just, I just always thought I was gonna I was gonna be in special effects or make movies and stuff and now uh probably around I wanna say now time after you're not gonna quote me on this because I don't who knows what yeah. know, timing is so weird but I wanna say maybe like at sixth grade or so I went to a friend's house and uh his mom was a dental technician hmm. and she had on her kitchen table a couple models. Okay. Maybe a couple crowns that fit on the models. I never seen them. I was like, right away, I kind of thought, this is kind of like special effects. It's kind it of It almost cool. looks like, like an alien. Yeah, like, like I had a mouth, mouth or something. there, and they were pouring yeah. stone, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. It's like a monster or something. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely it's something you don't see every day. Yeah. You don't see a model of someone's mouth every day. In this profession, obviously, we see them a lot, but yeah. someone that's not in this profession, it's weird to see. Especially so detailed, yeah, too, because those model. are exact copies. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, it was really unusual, and it kind of caught my interest. So then uh, I... I in high school, I got a job at a grocery store, and uh, so I was working in the produce department there. And then uh, when I got near graduation, my counselor grabbed me and said, okay, what's the plan? And um, I'd ne- I never liked school that much. I was uh, dyslexic, and I wasn't a very mm-hmm. good reader or horrible speller. So mm-hmm. I didn't like tests or reading stuff and yeah. writing stuff down. 
but I was really good working with my hands. Yeah. And uh, I'm really good at if you show me something, show up to me once, and I can visually see it, I can learn it pretty quickly. Yeah. So I was always in the next step. So he's like, well, what do you want to do with, with your life now? You know, and I'm like, man, I, I just don't know. I'm working at a grocery store now. And it's like, okay. No one really knows that. Yeah. Like, very like, few kids do. It, and like I said, life went fast. It was like all of a sudden I was graduating from high school. And I'm like, okay, I had to make a decision of what I was going to do with my life. Nowadays, it seems like kids just stay at home with their parents and figure out their life in their 30s. But <laughs> when, when, when I was 18, it was like, okay, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, Go out and explore the world, son. Yep. (laughs) Same here, man. I had to have a plan. Otherwise, that wouldn't be acceptable. Um, So basically, my counselor said, okay, I'm going to give you a phone number. And it's for uh, Waukesha Technical College. And it's someone over there that I know. And what they do is you go there and they test you. And they see what you're good at. And they help guide you on ideas of what you can do with your life. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I got the number and then... uh, Graduated, went back to the grocery store and uh, working there for a while. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, it's a grocery store in New Berlin, where I actually live now. Uh, pick and Save came in, and of course, everyone went to Pick and Save, so that grocery store went out of business. So everyone started going to Pick and Save to apply. And I thought to myself, all right, do I want to go over to Pick and Save and apply, or should I just call this number it's a and new see? Chapter. Yeah, just see. So I called the number and uh, I went over to the Waukesha, the Waukesha school and uh, talked to someone. And right away when I first sat down, I was super, like, nervous. I felt like... It, yeah, cause I put felt, yourself out there. I felt she was going to ask me a bunch of questions. Like, what do you want to do? I'm doing? And I really just didn't know. So she just looked at me and said, looked me in the eyes and said, okay, just give me, no matter how ridiculous it is, what is something you always wanted to do? And I'm like, oh, I always wanted to work in, you know, movies, motion pictures. I love Star Wars. And I was kind of telling her what I just told you. Yeah. She goes, okay, I don't see much of a movie market in Wisconsin, so what, what is the next choice? So I'm like, and then that model, in my mind, I thought about that model on the kitchen table of my friend's mom. Yeah. And I was like, it just came out of my mouth. I'm like, a dental technician? And sure, her face lit up. She's like, dental technician? Interesting. I know a guy who manages a lab. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll give him a call. Was that Zanon? No, it was actually uh, over at uh, Saber. Interesting. Okay. And, uh, it was Ray Durkin. And uh, so she walks out of the room. She comes back in the room like five minutes later, puts a piece of paper in front of me, goes, okay, you start tomorrow. Let's go. And I'm like, really? It starts tomorrow? <laughs> it's like, yeah, just, hey, how about this? Just here's, here's the address. Talk, ask for Ray. Go there. Start tomorrow. Work there for a while. If you don't like it, come back. Then we'll test you. Let's just get this ball rolling. I like the way she thinks. She, she goes, Otherwise, if we test you, she goes, sometimes I'll test people, and they won't even come back. So it's like, just go. She just and, wanted to yeah, help. And just wanted to just, just get my foot in the door somewhere yeah. and get a feel you know, for working. And uh, So I, I walked in there, and then I, I just, I was so, I remember being so nervous because I like, didn't know anything. And I walked in there, and, and, and they were, he was so cool. That's just, awesome. He was like, okay, we're going to. We're gonna start you out, and uh, we're gonna start you in the Maladai department. That's where we have an opening right now, and uh, just learn as much as you can. And he just plopped me in there, and uh, I had a really good uh, manager in Maladai. I really liked her, and uh, she taught me a real lot. So uh, I probably worked in there for, I want to say, a year, maybe a little bit less. And I would see 
So I was just getting so much information from everyone in the department because a lot of people in the department were definitely way older than me, okay. way older. So I was just learning as much as I could. And then I remember uh, people would come in the department and they would ask for special things out from our models. Yeah. They, they needed special models yeah. for what they were producing out in the lab. And I remember like a communication barrier being there between the model and die manager and the out of the lab, like out in the lab. And I'd see it all the time. So just thought in my head, man, I want to I wanna learn more. I want to be able to do my job and, and really understand what it takes to make a crown. So what I started doing is, uh, sorry, when I was done with my job, I'd punch out and I'd just walk into the lab and I'd ask all the managers out there, is there anything I can help you with? I'm off the clock and I'll just help you. And of course, these managers are working, you know, 10 hours a day, 11, 12 hours a day. are like, yeah, there's stuff you can do. So no matter how like divesting or cleaning or anything it took, I would just help them yeah. for a couple hours after yeah. my shift. And uh, eventually they had me do harder and harder tasks. So I was kind of learning how to kind of different items of how to make crowns, different procedures. And I just, my mind just opened yeah. to the whole, like the whole profession, everything like open. Cause you're in model and die. You're in one department. Yeah. You're, you're just, siloed a little bit. And you have so much model and die work to do. You just, yeah. you, you just, you just learn that. Yeah. You don't learn anything else. So I started like, I started learning so much and they started teaching me more and more. And they just loved it because, you know, you know, you're just like a sponge. I was just learning everything. And of course they, they couldn't have their employees to get a bunch of overtime. So they knew I'd come for free labor at the end of the day, but I didn't care about the money. I just wanted the experience. You know, let me and, just, yeah, keep going keep going. You're on a roll. Keep going. And that, that was just a really like people I would talk to about it. They would think you're crazy. Why would you work for free? That's so stupid. And everyone thought I was a little bit weird. And then I remember, uh, maybe I got about two months of that and oh my goodness that I learned. I learned so much in two months. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I remember someone came in, one of the managers from outside the department came into the, into the department and they're like, oh, we need to model this way. This is the way we need to model. We need you to redo this model. And uh, he was talking to my manager and she's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And he walks over to me and he goes, Chris, remember the thing you worked on? I need to model like this. You understand what I want? I'm like, yeah, I understand. And then he walked out of the room and my manager's face just dropped. And she was like, I could tell she was mad mm. that now he's going to me competition i yeah i i don't know i don't want to speak for her but cause i really 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 liked her yeah yeah and uh i just she seemed really upset about it she didn't talk to me for the rest of the day and i was like oh no so then um uh, at the end of the day uh i was you know, going to punch out and i was gonna go out to the lab and work a little bit and she grabbed me and she said i need to talk to you i'm like oh this is the manager pulling you aside the manager model yeah. and i know my yeah. manager and she pulls me aside and she goes i just want you to know that uh you going out in the lab is fine and all, but uh, it's making all of us look bad in the lab. We all have families. We all have things to do after work. And we cannot afford to go out and work for free. And you're sitting there doing all this, and uh, everyone in the department's kind of upset with you. And I'm like, whoa. I was like, so like. It's a tough position to I be in. I was so like, I was so bummed about it because I was learning so much. And I was like, I wanted to just get better at my, at my job. And she told me that, so. Uh, the next day, of course, I just punched out and left. Oh. And then, uh, so when I came in the next day and like, 
like three of the managers were like, hey, where were you yesterday, man? We had stuff all set up for you. Yeah. And then they had to do it. And yeah. all, like, we're getting used to you coming out here. Can you, like, can you, like, warn us if you're not going to come out here? And I'm like, well, I was kind of told, like, I'm in a tricky situation. I told I can't come out here anymore for, I mean, so I don't know what to do. So then, of course, they, you know, they want that, that, that labor. <laughs> so they ran to Ray Dirk and you know, the lab manager and said, hey, uh, just, you know, the manager's saying he can't come out here anymore, and he's really helping us, and we really I mean, we want him to come out. So he came and grabbed me and said, no, nah, just go out there. Just go. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. I mean, I, don't, I like the manager a lot. I don't want to just go out there. And he's like, just do it. I'll talk to her. Well, of course, he didn't talk to her. Oh, okay. Next day, what happens next? Next day, so I, I go out there and I'm out there, and and then I, I could see her kind of looking. You know, she's cleaning up her bench. She's looking. She sees me out there, and I'm like, oh man, this something is... doesn't feel right. Yeah, and, and I'm <laughs> I'm still really, really green and really young, and I don't want to make any waves. Who I don't even do that now, but yeah. especially then, yeah. I just felt like that first year went so fast. You just wanted to help, and learn. I, I just wanted to learn. Yeah. And uh, and I understand where she's coming from. Too, me too. Though. Me too. I was going to add I that. I understand but... everyone's point in the situation. So, uh, so okay. Uh, so tell our listeners what happened. All right. Here's here's what happens. So then uh, she turns in her two weeks, and I'm like devastated because I learned so much from her and I liked her so much. Really. So I'm like feeling like oh I I felt guilty and I just didn't I I was like so bummed. So it was a little bit of a passive aggression. She didn't really kind of say, hey, no, like, she's like, she I'm going like, to meet you where you're at. No, she's like, yeah, 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 she's fine, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to win this battle. Uh, but, and, and then again, you know, looking at her, her perspective, she might have had other issues too with, with, with her position or something. Who knows? That could have been the final straw. Yeah. Or like, uh, I, I don't know. But, you know, being young, I just felt, I felt horrible and stuff. And that was my first, first issue I ever had at work were feeling like really at, at the grocery store. Like it was all like great you know putting out produce i work with myself pretty much it was fine so that was the first issue i ever dealt with at, at work and i just felt it's kind of like a how could i handle this yeah I, I did self-reflect and kind of think could i handle that that better but i just having i just i just should've. was doing what i was told yeah i don't think much. you could have done anything different i don't think you should have any regrets i think just one or two takeaways I want to pull from your story before you finish it up real quick is um i think it's so interesting how you by your own accord stayed after and just learned and and i really want to emphasize this to our listeners we have people within this lab that don't just come to work and do it they live this stuff they have interest in this stuff chris was telling us how he's been in the lab for 30 years 30 years that's older than i am alive and i can't even begin to understand how much knowledge chris has floating around in his head of not just the model and die but maybe some other departments, because you 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 have to work with many other departments. Absolutely. You have to talk to you have to be able to talk to everyone, which is something you're very good at. But that was one takeaway. I didn't want to stop you, but I really wanted to pull yeah. that out for our listeners. Man, we have people here who love what they do and just are just, you know, I don't want to like like kind of like dental lab nerds, but like cool cool people too. Um, Absolutely. And and. Uh, Man, I think another big takeaway is how you went and learned from various other managers in the lab. That's a big thing I've been meaning to emphasize to everyone who's in the new art ecosystem is, you know, Frank, he may be managing an entire lab, but he's 
really knows ceramics and, and diagnostic wax ups and all this stuff backwards and forwards. Like Lori's been doing it for so many dozens of years. You know, you've been doing it for 30 years. We have people who can float, people who can transition between departments. It's not like everyone is just siloed. You know, many people on this team are multifaceted, can be pulled and put in a, in a different, uh, you know, places in a pinch because that's one thing I would say really separates a good lab is how can you handle rush cases because not everything is going to go right 100% of the time and by having multi uh, faceted people by having you know the proper amount of staff and really just having a can-do attitude I, I think like you know we can see where the model and die department gets it we can see where the digital design team gets it from Connor and Scott we can see where the entire lab gets it from Frank like we just have I think a collective can-do attitude and a collective great knowledge base. And, and so those are like the things I really wanted to say, okay, listeners, what can we take away from Chris's story among a lot of things? But I just wanted to emphasize those two points that I heard. Chris, could you mind, would you be able to quick finish your story for this? Yeah, and not just kind of adding on what you just said. I mean, working at a lab, if anyone's, anyone working at a lab right now, if you just take a little bit of time, I know it's hard because everyone's so busy. But take a little time to go into the, any department, you know, especially the department that's before your department mm. and after your department, because that's your internal customer. And it's very, very important to know what the next department does with what you're producing in your department. It just opens your mind and you understand things so much more. And uh, how probably one, one quick point that popped in my head just now. Yeah, go for it was uh, how mine got amplified was because I was going out at the end of the day after my shift I was punching out and going out at the end of the day and sitting with these managers and helping them a lot of the people in their department was the end of their shift so they were bringing all the problem cases to them oh I couldn't get this to work I couldn't get that to work that. sharpened your skills and I kept hearing all the hardest stuff you know it was like and then that accelerated you know what, what you my, did my, my my dental vocabulary and it, it just it just was it was a shot it was, it was like going to school but actually in the lab you know what i was gonna say is this is like someone learning spanish in a classroom or someone going to mexico yeah. or spain and just yeah. being immersed and, and it's and it. it's it's similar but it's way different and you just i've never really been like plopped down in a you know like in, in that exact uh I don't know. Maybe I could find an example or something, but but yeah, that's kind of what you had. You were thrown in the jungle, yeah. and look at now you're the lion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I gotta. Okay, so the end of this story. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Sorry for this story being so long. I just no, no worries, man. You're doing great. Kind of bringing stuff up and remembering things now. So then, of course, the manager leaves, and we have no model and die manager, and um, everyone in my department they uh, they didn't want to be a manager. And I gotta admit, being a manager of model and die, a dental lab, any any place you work at, any business, is really, really hard. And it's definitely not, Dealing for, with emotions. Not, not for everybody, and it's very, very hard. And I learned so much throughout the years of just, not just managing work, being efficient with time, uh, just people, mm -hmm. and understanding people, and. If I can give you any anyone advice out there, managers, it's just you gotta see, you gotta listen to people and fully hear what they're saying to you. And uh, one thing I didn't do when I was younger is 
the second someone in my department when I was a manager would come to me with an issue or something, I would immediately kind of half hear what they're saying to me and think about how is this going to affect the department. Mm-hmm. Like right away, I, my brain is Instead wants of maybe to fix. fully it, listening. Yeah, it wants to yeah. fix. Like, okay, this person's saying this. How is this going to affect production? How am I going to correct this? How am I going to get this? Because I, I always know that model die has to keep rolling. Just keep going and you going. You count seconds back there, as you, you told it, me you when count, we first you met. You absolutely count seconds because, uh, uh, especially in the department we have now, it's like every impression that comes in, it comes in, but it goes out at the end of the night. So I don't have a set time when I go home. I have a set time when I come in, but I, I can go. Until the job's done. I can go from. 60 units to 160 units like one day 60 come in next day 160 i stay until everything's done so i really am conscious of every moment that's back there yeah where everyone is in the department and stuff so so that that's that's really tough so now i guess i need to get back to that and i can I'll finish any story for yeah. you yeah so no one in the department wanted to be manager so uh Ray Durkin pulled me aside and said, hey, do you want to be the model and die manager? You're like 19 or how old are you? Oh, yeah, like 19, yeah, okay. 20. I'm like pretty young. And I'm uh. like, and right, right away I'm like, whoa, model and die manager. And uh, I f- at first got super scared. Like, what, what? This, I, I don't want to be a manager. You know, it's probably I mean, a scary man, word to hear when you're that I age. remember at the grocery store, all the managers were like mean and like no one liked them and they would talk junk yeah. about them when they would walk out of the room. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh no. And then I remember him him saying to me, in a, um, if you take the manager's position, we can raise you up to like $8 an hour salary. Now, I know people listening now are like, what? That's nothing. But back then... You know, back in 92, I was like, I was making $5 an hour. So I was making seven twenty five at the grocery store so when I was in that's high like, school. That's like, what, five, yeah. six, that's like $3 raise. So, so when he said that, that's, that's the, 60%. That's the only thing I heard in my brain. Here we go again, where I'm like thinking, overthinking <laughs> something. I'm like, whoa, $8 Dollar an hour. Signs. I'm like, I'm ready to go get fitted for a top hat and a monocle. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, here we go. $8 an hour. How many Star Wars figures I can buy with that? I was like, oh, excited. Side question. What's the first thing you bought? Probably Star Wars. Cool. Yeah, cool. I, just, I, I love vintage Star Wars. So, so, so tell us what ended up shaking out with the whole thing. So, so I was like thinking, and I'm like, I, he was talking for a little bit longer, and I was thinking, all right, I, it's like I'm scared, but I gotta take this position. I gotta, you know, yeah, yeah. because uh, I was there over a year, and I think I got a fifty cent raise in that year. I think it went from like four fifty to five. So this was like, how many years would it take me to get to eight not being a manager? I suppose like, you weigh the math yeah, like that. Yeah, so I was like, right away, I'm like, I'm like, it makes sense to go for this. But then in my head, I was kind of thinking, well, I remember people being mad at me for going out there and learning, you know, going out there after my shift. So I thought people in my department, I never really resolved that or talked to anyone about it in, in the department. So I'm like, all right, all right I'll take, I'll, t- I'll be the manager. I'll go for it. And uh, I just remember, uh, I think he talked to me on like a Friday. 
and all weekend. Oh, is that a long weekend? <laughs> I kept thinking, okay, it's almost time to be Oh, you just Andrew. probably worried yeah. sick on Monday, was, like, for your start. Yeah, yeah. and I, it's <laughs> funny because I remember, like, on, on Sunday night, there's a show called, I don't know if it's even on still, on, on, on regular TV, uh, 60 Minutes, where they have, like, a, 60 minutes they have, like, like, a time clock. football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they yeah. have, like, a little little scene where they have a little countdown clock. It's ticking. That was... I heard that on Sunday night, and I was in my head, and I'm like, oh, here we go, man. Tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be so crazy, you know? But I got so lucky because they pulled an old model and die manager from a different department, and he came in, and he worked with me for, like, a couple weeks. Just helped you get your feet on yeah. your head. Yeah. And then uh, right away, I just started talking to everyone in the department and saying, you know, I hope I didn't get you guys mad about, you know, going out in the lab and doing that extra. And they looked at me. The right way. They looked at me like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. We don't care. So they didn't even really care. It was so, a little bit of the he said, oh, she said. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and that lifted a lot off my plate right there. Like, oh, okay. They did, so there's no, I'm starting totally fresh here. And no one in the department, even though they've been there multiple years, you know, longer than me, no one wanted the position. So I took it and, wow. Here we are. Here we, here we are. Here we are. So last question, because we're going to have you on again, Chris. Okay. I, I want to talk much more about a couple different topics but this is an awesome first episode of having chris miller on um yeah man i totally forgot i was just gonna ask you but uh no, sorry my story went a little long yeah. you're kind of triggering stuff in my head and i'm remembering this now but i just want to say thanks so much for coming on and i think that's an incredible story about how you got to where you are and that was my last question um, how long did you work at the original lab with, with Dorkin or whatever his name was? And then, uh, and then when did you come to New York? And then we'll save the next part for okay. next time. So uh, I worked there for, I want to say, three years. And uh, another uh, technician that people have talked about on this podcast is uh, John Sanchez. He was one of the people that I would go out and sit by and at, just at night because he was the most well-rounded technician in the lab. And I quickly found out that a lot of the information, a lot of stuff was going down by his bench. So hmm. I started helping him. And we became really good friends, too. That's interesting. And uh, he uh, came to Newart first. And uh, when, he came, when he came to Newart, he's like, man, this, this lab is just so you know, worried about, about quality work that... Chris, you're so meticulous. Yeah, you'd fit. This is perfect for you. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, you and the owner would love each other because you're always so, everything has to be so perfect. You love how your models look, and he loves how models look too. So he's like, uh, he's like get on over here. So I just uh, put in my two weeks, and uh, that was definitely hard to do too because I was the first one. Because he gave you your chance. Yeah, he, exactly. Do you still I, talk? I felt, do you see what keep in contact with him? No, uh, the problem with uh, keeping in contact with people... You know, John, I still keep in contact with a little bit, but uh, is there was no cell phones back then. You know, and like, you know, some of the listeners are like, you know, we had home phones, <laughs> so it's like, no, yeah, I don't. Have you call phone someone yeah. and they're not home. They're not home. You're yeah, not. You're not talking to them. You're not talking to them. Write so a letter like, or something. A lot of the people from the past, it's like you don't really get in contact with them anymore. Nowadays, it's like you follow people on Facebook. They're texting you. You're talking to people all the time. Yeah, but unfortunately, well, I didn't really get a chance to talk to anyone. But then I. Uh, was I, he a significant amount older than you? Like, so, so would he maybe still be with us, or do you think he's moved on? A Ray Durkin? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't follow a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, dental like stories and stuff. Maybe I, I can. I, do, I, I hear people, but I, I don't think he's working in the profession anymore. Yeah. Uh, Jen John came to work here, and then, uh, and then I came to work yeah. here too. So it was cool to have someone I already knew here, 
and uh, I remember just coming here and like right away I just like oh this place is really strict on how things have to be and I kind of like I like that I like I just really thrived off of that and now here we go all the way to 30 years which happens so fast man what a great way to end it Chris I know we can talk for at least another 30 minutes and I know we will again but I just want to say thanks so much for coming on man I think this is a really cool uh, background story about like what makes not just Mile and I interesting, but what makes Chris Miller interesting, right? Like we, we know at Newart, we do have the newest technology. It's brand new. It's expensive. It's state of the art. But we know that our secret sauce are the people that work here and who have that knowledge in their head and who can, you know, teach the younger technicians like Chris was taught and like he then had to, had to lead. Um, you know, it's, it's a truly a special blend of people and technology here. And Chris, who leads up our model and dye department, he's been doing it for 30 years, is just one of the many uh, feathers in the new art, new art hat. So, Chris, any final thoughts, man, before we wrap up? Uh, I guess I'd been kind of longer than I thought it would go, so we'll save more for next time. Yeah, appreciate it, man. All Thanks right, man. again. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to check out the toy drive that's going on this week. If you're listening to this on the Friday, it's our final day. So so make sure to, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast or maybe while you're listening to it, check out New Art's Instagram. Shoot us a message if you want to help out or, or you know get involved. It's going to a great cause. It's for the kids. And we look forward to talking with you all very, very soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. If you'd like to contact the show, simply send us an email at dentallabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us at life at newartdental on Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, 